of fighting words it's been a few weeks i've been lazy honestly and uh busy all kinds of stuff but i like to keep the content rolling i really really want to spend the next several episodes lord willing talking politics just because it's always just so fun and gentle and uncontroversial but actually because because it is so controversial i would like to spend some time talking with different church members about kind of their views and how they approach it and what makes them mad and glad and sad. So today I have with me, Lars, how do you say your name, man? It's Lars. Hard S. Yes. Everyone calls you Lars. That's true. Which is like feminizing your name. It doesn't matter. What doesn't matter? That the what people, people call mispronounce you? it. They, they have all my life, so I'm used to it. And the last name is? Rasmussen. Oh, it's not Rasmussen. No. Okay. Lars. Yes. What kind of name is that? It's uh, so my last name's Danish. Lars is uh, Scandinavian generally. Basically white. Yes. Just the whitest very, name. Very white. Yes. Yes. It's good. Lars, did you uh, like your name growing up? It's kind of unique. Yeah, I, I liked having a unique name. Yeah, I didn't. Well, mostly because I was I was kind of an outcast anyway, and kind of picked on. Right. And then having a different name didn't help. It was like another reason to be different. So I would sometimes when I would meet new kids. I would make up a fake name. And That's I awesome. thought, what is the most like American, just whitish name that I can use? And it was Mike. That's what I thought. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike. <laughs> and they're like, Hi, That's Mike. Awesome. And my dad's name is Mike. See? Mike, Lars, it's all it's all there. But now I like I like having the unique name. So Lars Rasmussen, um, member of Redeemer. How long have you guys been around here? Uh, we moved here two years ago and became members shortly after we moved. So. so married to Heidi and got a handful of kids. Yes. Including Axel. Axel. So, so you know, we have an Axel in Cedar Falls. Yep. So but it's Axel and Axel and mm-hmm. sometimes hard to mix it up. So is that the, that's the uh, the true pronunciation? Like if that, you go back to the motherland? That's how we pronounce it. I, I think so. I don't, I don't know. That's just how we wanted to pronounce it. So yeah. It, Who can know such things, right? Right. Um, so been here a couple years came from <clears throat> out west yep, montana montana i read a, a book last year called <clears throat> excuse me oh I'll, I'll look up the title but it's about basically what <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> like basically the fall of empires and civilizations um do you have you seen the documentary guns germs and steel no that sounds very interesting though Oh, it's really interesting. Uh, let me look up this guy's name. Um, so, Guns, Germs, and Steel is basically asking the question, like, how did basically Western civilization arise and kind of take over the world, mm-hmm. right? Like, what were the environmental, cultural factors? And uh, anyway, it gets into that. So, that's an interesting one. Um, but that same guy, again, I'm kind of blanking on data here, um, wrote Upheaval. I think is the name of the book. Um, and it's just about studying different civilizations and how they rise and fall. And that's pretty, you know, you can study the Roman civilization, mm-hmm. Ottoman Empire, stuff like that. Um, Jared Diamond, that's his name. Jared Diamond. Um, 
So Montana was one of the case studies. And he said that, you know, the book disclosed, whatever, that Montana went from being like the richest state in the nation to like, I think number 49 Mm -hmm. or something like that in, you know, the course of several decades. And I'd never known that. So he kind of treated Montana as its own little kind of enclave civilization. And so it sounds like that's something you're familiar with. Yeah. What were his conclusions? Of why? Yeah, of why well, Montana, it, why that happened. Well, I, as far as I can remember, it was basically related to the depletion of natural resources. That you kind of have this boom based on right. a huge mining, you know, opportunities, and then once that's kind of gone, it's like, well, what's once you've stripped all the resources, what do you? And you know, and I'm not saying he's not arguing that that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just what happened. So well, I don't know. Well, I would say there's still lots of resources there. All right, but. Oh, here very, we go. It's very hard to extract them because um, because of the history of Montana. Um, so um, my wife, Heidi, is from a little town called Anaconda. And it was named after the Anaconda Copper Company that was in Butte, Montana. If you go to Butte, there's a giant hole in the ground there where they um, did open pit copper mining. But it started out as going down into the ground and and uh mining copper and it the copper boom coincided with the electrification of the united states so that's a big reason that was so successful but the flip side of that is the environmental impact of mining in montana has been devastating and so the uh um Uh, basically the the environmental regulations in Montana are stricter than they are nationally. So it makes it really hard to start a new mine. It makes it, it can make it hard to harvest timber, like that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, especially mining, it's, it's really hard to start a new mine. So it's really hard to utilize those resources. Um, so they're there, you would argue, and I'm sure both, you know, there's certainly been some depletion of resources, which to some extent is related to your argument, right? They get harder to, it gets harder to access, yeah. right? So it takes greater disruption of the environment. And mm-hmm. then off, on the other hand, you have people that are uh, being more strict on regulation. Mm-hmm. Boy, you're kind of in a catch-22 here, right? Right. So so they kind of rely on tourism at the moment. Tourism and agriculture are kind of the two big industries in Montana, which tourism is fine, but it's not going to bring in the big bucks. Like, what do people go there to see? They go to see Yellowstone. They go to the mountains. They go to ski. Um, the town we moved from, Bozeman, it's one of the fly fishing capitals of the world. Like People people basically move there to recreate. Like, right. So it's kind of like a Colorado type thing, but yeah, there's not really... A, what's the biggest city? Uh, the biggest city is Billings. Um, it's, like which no one's heard of. Right. <laughs> How big is it? Uh, I want to say 250. 50,000, somewhere around okay. there. All right. So oh, the book is called Collapse, by the way, Jared Diamond Collapse. Um, so this kind of gets into maybe what we, what, why I wanted to bring you on the podcast. Would you like to out yourself in terms of like your political identity? How would you, someone, how would you describe yourself? So, so I like to call myself an anarchist. Cause oh that's, gosh. Cause that's shocking, but, um, Really, um, what, uh, 
And, and when, when I say that, I mean, I mean that in a peaceful way, because a lot of people think anarchists. Oh, yes. Think, peaceful like, anarchy. That's my favorite. Vi- violent, like, um, so, so I think of like, uh, just voluntary exchange would be the basis of that. So, um, what, so how would you relate? How would you react if I were to say, oh, you're a libertarian? Yeah. I mean, most of the stuff that I believe lines up with, with libertarian stuff. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of depth in the libertarian platform that doesn't get talked about. Um, and a lot of that goes into, um, you know, like libertarians are, are small government. So I would go as far as um, to say most governments are much too large. So tear it all down and, and they should be broken up. Yes. You know, what's interesting. There's actually, it, there's maybe a different reason or similar reasons. There's actually a lot of common, um, commonality between let's take like the black lives matter movement. Mm-hmm. That's saying the system needs to be torn down mm-hmm. because it's unjust, yep. you know, that much. And then they maybe have different reasons, different historical reasons and angles that they're coming at. But, you know, defund the police. I mean, I listened to a, a libertarian podcast guy and, he calls himself an anarcho-capitalist, and mm-hmm. he's always talking about he's talking about defunding the police way before this whole oh, yeah, Black totally. Lives Matter thing came came out, and how you know we're putting too many people in cages and yep. running around the, <clears throat> running around the world killing people. <clears throat> so let's uh, okay. So there's a couple touch points there. Um, so I want to get more into the broader theories of like anarch anarchism anarchy and. Um, and all that libertarianism, but maybe if we could stay on that kind of Montana example for for a bit, would you argue then that uh, the regulations need to be backed off a bit? So, yes, with a caveat. So, um, the whole caveat to this this whole thing, the whole thing of anarchy, is it doesn't work unless you have a robust justice system. You, you're able to hold people accountable. So. Um, so you have to how figure does, out a way to do that. How does robust justice align with the idea of small government? So, so there has to be, I think there needs to be some authority, whether, whether it's set up by a voluntary group of people that subscribe to it or what, or whatever, but, um, there has to be some authority where you can, um, go to somebody if they've harmed you in some way or, stolen from you that kind of thing um i I don't know exactly i haven't figured out exactly what that looks like i'll say i think it could i think it could look a lot of different ways so Um, here's the i can already see some challenges so you said voluntary mm -hmm. so like we as a community have volunteered Mm -hmm. to to hire this force or this okay but what about what if uh 10 of the people in the community didn't volunteer for that are they is volunteerism well they're not so they're exempt they're like hey man i didn't yeah so they can they can commit crimes and then when the cops come they say hey hey hey, i didn't agree to this we're in a voluntary society here right um yeah yeah like i said there has to be something that keeps people accountable um and i think that can be pretty minimalistic um like wild west type stuff yeah but um so here's a, have you heard, so one of the paradigms that I used to talk about politics and which was really just, I mean, politics sounds like maybe the worst term, but it's really just social organization. Like how do we mm-hmm. cohabitate with people? 
um, and manage all the complexities. Like, is this idea of the tension between uh, liberty and justice? Mm-hmm. Like, those are both good things. Liberty's a value. Justice, like, do you want injustice? No, nobody wants injustice. Justice is a value. But the problem is, if you picture these things on a spectrum, is that the the more liberty you have, the more risk there is going to be for injustice. I mean, think of Wild West, right? Like, right. Man, man, there's not a lot of in law enforcement. There's not big industrial pris- prisons. There's not. So what happens is, well, you can get shot in the head and you know dropped in the alley or whatever. You have a shootout in the in the bar and like, you know. Or you can dig a giant mine and pollute all the exactly rivers right. right. So there's all this injustice. So yeah. now you, so now you go. Okay, well, we need some. It's what you're saying. You see the need for that to be reined in. So we mm-hmm. need some kind of system to rein in the injustices, which is necessarily going to clamp down on liberty. It's mm-hmm. like you can't have both, and there's some tension there, some mix of both, right? But yeah. you can't have either. Absolutely. And it seems to me that what people's experience shapes, well, their philosophy. But also their experience, maybe their resources shape to what extent they're willing to risk the injustice. Like, hey, if you're a healthy, strong, well-to-do, well-armed guy, you know, whatever, who's a part of the majority of the country, you'll say, we're willing to take the risk on the liberty side. But if you're a a, a widow, minority, poor, you're going to be like, we're the ones that are going to suffer at the hands of this. Let's rein in the liberty with some justice. What do you think of that line of thinking? So, so yeah, I th- like you, like you said, the justice part is important. So I think my, like theoretically, my liberty ends where it infringes on somebody else. Like, especially when it comes to life or property. Like, um, I should not be able to do that in even in a in a free society because that that starts in, infringing on somebody else's freedom to live their life. Like. It's the whole idea of, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, which some people say that was meant to be property, but, um, the pursuit of property, happiness, what's the difference? Well, I'm just kidding. It's not, it's not, it was life, liberty and property. It's to to build a life, right? It's basically you're, you're free to have these things, to own these things. Like you own, you intrinsically own these things. Um, I think that's where the rub is though, man, is like principally, like when you say my liberty ends where say it again where it infringes on somebody else's um life or their or their property and that and that's where you need that justice system where you need to be able to arbitrate between so life is a really broad so what about their well-being so life is like your physical life like whether you live or die like you're yeah okay and or property so earning power so that's where the rub is i think that i I really don't think anybody would argue with that statement Mm -hmm. The challenge is that we come down to disagreements about what constitutes a violation of that right. of that right. So, like, uh, take someone who's going to be more left leaning. They're going to say this corporation's power, collective bargaining power, mm-hmm. and the fact that they are going to capitalize on that is in, mm-hmm. is is going to have a natural fallout, which is an infringement on our ability to pursue happiness. There's barriers to entry. There's right. you know collective bargaining. Bargaining. There's um, definitely corruption and they're saying that's an infringement on my liberty right and it's like you get into this kind of like okay so what do we do about that like is it but do you get rid of that in a big government system i don't think you do like no i'm not arguing for big government i'm just saying but i'm just saying there's just challenges and all these things but in you yeah i'm saying there needs to be justice so you can seek you can seek to be restored in in what they've 
infringed upon, um, you know, there's obviously problems with that, you know, where a big corporation is going to be able to hire a lot better lawyers than, than I am as an individual, like that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, yeah, yeah, there's going to be a, a big, if you are a big corporation, you have amassed some amount of power. Right. And there needs to be some way to equalize that in some way. Um, cause you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, I think that's a big, like people run to democracy a lot of times to say, this is going to fix it because everybody gets a voice, but really you just have a more powerful group voting against a right. less it powerful depends on what group. The, with, depends on what the popular vote determines. So in the 1800 or in the 1700s, democracy, if you took a vote, we probably would, you know, slavery would win. Yeah, totally. Right? Like, let, let's back up here a little bit. Um, anarchy, anarchist. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of like the shock value of it. It's a conversation starter, but yeah. But but what do you? I think yeah. When most people think of anarchy, they mean. I mean, anarchy. Let's just def- define it. RK means rule, mm-hmm. right? So an, a or an means no, no rule, no authority structure. Now. Yep. But you're really not saying that because you're saying you want some kind of rule to come in and correct injustices. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying most people um, in in their own self-interest rule themselves pretty well, you know. And trade is another way that, that, that um, society rules itself, basically, is, you know, like I, I have something you want, you have something I want you know, let's, let's trade this. And that that's voluntary. So there's no rule, um, basically saying that that needs to go one way or another, you know, you're saying I have something valuable, you have something valuable. Let's, let's increase the, the overall value by trading these and we're making each other better off. Um, yeah. What, what was the question again? Oh, well, I was just saying that the, you know, there's, you're saying you're an anarchist, but but really, I mean, it's probably hard to be a pure anarchist because pure anarchy means no rule. Like, okay, but right. you're not saying that. We've talked about this stuff a little bit before, and you've you've brought up the idea that there needs to be some restraint. So, so yeah, all yeah. of a sudden, someone's going to come in, some ruler. Mm-hmm. So the real difference is that you're is that you're you're not saying you don't want there to be police or even jails or judges. You're you're envisioning this happening at smaller community community levels. Yeah, f- yeah. For one thing, um, the other thing is, um, and the the whole voluntary. Yeah. So there wouldn't be. So so the welfare system is another thing I have I have an issue with. So that infringes on people's rights because you're taking from one person to provide for somebody else involuntarily. So okay. So so, so no, go ahead. Right. So, so yeah, that's where, and there's this, I mean, it's, it's been happening for at least a couple hundred years in this country, but the whole progressive idea of, of positive rights, like that you have a right, like that healthcare is a right. Like I heard that on the radio the other day, like, um, that basically you have a right to healthcare. Well, in order for you to, if that is your right, like you have to take something from somebody else 
to obtain it if you don't already have it, right? Yeah, I get I get what where you're where you're coming from there. Um, so let's let's linger here a bit. So remember we were talking about the idea that that the more market is free, mm-hmm. the more potential for injustice and things are going to happen. So power um, multiplies and gains more power and more power, and then so I think could you make the argument that well I'm going to make the argument that that uh, taxation and redistribution of wealth. Mm-hmm. is a is a correction to that injustice they're like they're like two injustices one is a result of the liberty mm-hmm. and the other is the result of the justice right we're going to come in and we're going to and it's necessarily going to contain some injustice and this is right. where again i just see these things as tensions and in right-leaning people i think it's harder for them to see the injustice of the former which is the it's kind of like you're saying yeah yeah Liberty will lead to injustice, but like, okay, but can you name it? And what do you do about it? At which point do you go, okay, it's been a while. Like you got billions of dollars. We're going to come in here and take some of that. And they're going, well, that's unjust. Yeah. Like, was there injustice and how do you correct for it? Is it always wrong to come in and. But there's not necessarily injustice, like just by the amassing of wealth. Like that that doesn't, that's no, no, no. Those aren't necessarily two things that go together. Um, you know there there are people who will do that but um yeah I, I don't think there's necessarily injustice implied by so here's capitalism the thing. as a system as opposed to a, another economic system i think you have to distinguish so um there's a difference things can be legal mm-hmm. and and unjust yeah totally yeah, and that, so that, that's that, I mean. that gets back to that idea of liberty. Like, what, what, what do I consider un, unjust? You know, when you're taking from somebody else, whether it's their life, their their property. You know, <clears throat> let's take for example. Um, I mean, you just go back to like industrial revolution era. You mm-hmm. know, and like my, let's just go back to the mining example. So, mm-hmm. some company goes into some small town in West Virginia. They're sitting on gold. Or sitting on, I don't know what you'd mine in, in West Virginia, coal. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, gold's out west. So they're sitting on coal, and the company has the means to industrialize, and right? So they hire workers, and then you know, they spend 20, 30 years there. They get rich. The workers get paid, you know, they don't get rich. And then, you know, 30, 40 years later, the company's gone, the town is depleted of resources. They're all poor. They have no jobs. They have nothing to show for what was their land, right? They made a deal, I guess, voluntarily. They made a deal. Well, they they got to eat, but see the, the the nothing there was illegal, right? But I think like if if you just multiply that over a thousand times, which has happened, and people keep do I do I picture like God sitting in the heavens looking down on that and going, yeah, this is a good thing, no. or is he going, okay, this is something. Now, what am I going to take the guy to court for? Probably nothing, because in the system, there's nothing. He didn't do anything illegal. Now, he may have. There's there's ways he could have lied and cheated and steal, stolen, but the system itself allows for that to happen. So in that sense, it's not unjust. So, so what are you saying the thing that they did was unjust in this in this case? Um, I think it was a lack of concern. Like, a, I can... Do you think they should have been paid better? Do you think they should maybe they shouldn't have left maybe, what they maybe, left behind? Like I, I don't maybe, understand. Maybe what, ownership, maybe collective ownership, maybe uh so we can get like, into solutions. What, what's the thing that they did that was unjust though? 
while uh, when I said, do you imagine that God looks down on that and says, this is a good thing? You, you not, you shook your head. No, no, no. Well, I was, I was just trying to figure out where you were at. It wasn't necessarily a, no, I, I don't think he thinks it's a good thing. I was thinking of specific examples like, okay, so, so I think of a mine, like going back to the, the example of the copper mine, like some things that have happened in the past are, um, you know, like coal miners, they get, they get cancer, right? Or copper miners, they're like down in a hole all day. Like there's diseases that happen because of that. Sure. People die. Like, so, so that needs to be restored. Sure. I would, so um, there's pollution that happens like, and that doesn't always get restored. And that, that is not right. So here's what I think is that probably the injustice and um, is that is that you because of uh, your accumulation of capital and industrial power and all that, you have an advantage. So you're saying we're going to get into a voluntary deal. Yeah, but you have an advantage. So an example I've used before is, you know, say, let's say uh, there's a widow who lives across the street. She's struggling to pay the bills. She has a ten thousand dollar car that she can sell and make some money. But she needs to pay the rent tomorrow. The fridge is empty. Mm -hmm. And I can voluntarily, in full knowledge of that, come in and say, I'll give you five grand today. And she's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, I got to pay the bill. So she does it. I would say that's an injustice. It's not illegal. But I don't right. think God's smiling. That's what I mean by God's not smiling upon that, right? So yeah. that's what I think can, is, a, I would say, is a fair analogy for a lot of what happens when you know, I've used, I think I've talked with you about an example of like going to Africa and like some Western company comes in, they contract with all the people to take all their wealth and all their diamonds. And now this Western company is, is enriched and maybe a couple local people that gave them access. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the, the people that live there were just, you know, paid a, a wage for a handful of months or years. And now they're, they're now their, their land has been stripped of resources. Like, I think there's a knowledge of the, the, the fact that they, you are not sitting here as equals at the table. Like you have a power of bargaining. You have the ability to influence laws. You have the ability to influence local lawmakers. Mm -hmm. But then you kind of go, oh, but it's just, it was voluntary exchange, right? And they're like, well, I guess it was voluntary. Like, I would say that's the injustice. Like, I'd say that's unjust. That's the kind of thing that God looks down and says, well, well done. You right. sure accumulated wealth, but man, like you didn't, care like and you didn't you could have struck a better deal you could have organized the corporation differently so that people weren't yeah. the, the wealth didn't accumulate to the top um so again i'm not a communist right but i see arguments in what they're saying and i'm like what do you do about this like i don't know what yeah. the answers if, are if you're if you're exploiting people that's not right like that yeah that's not good um but it's hard to pin down i think is the thing because it's legal right so you can't um, take the guy but, to jail but I for don't, that. I don't think that goes away in, in other systems. No, exploitation is always going to be there. Yeah, like that's just part of life. Like life is not fair. Like some people have power, some <laughs> right. people don't, right? Like, right? Like, right, right, even, right. But you're willing in, to accept... In, in any system that we have. Okay, now we're going to fight, Lars. <laughs> you're willing to accept the injustices of the right, but not of the left, is what I'm saying. It sounds like. Like if I say, man, look at all these injustices that happen... On the right, you kind of go, well, that's part of life, injustice. But if I go, okay, well, then let's commit some other injustices and go and tax some people and redistribute wealth, you go, no, no, that's unjust. Like you yeah, have tolerance for the injustices of the right. Well, yeah, not... because because I see the injustices on the left. Like if you're going to tax people, like that is theft. Like you are stealing from somebody. Like Right. You're kind of proving my point. 
right? <laughs> like, um, like in, in your example, like you're not necessarily stealing from somebody. Like you are creating jobs. You are just taking advantage of the fact that they you, are. You are taking vulnerable. advantage. Um, but but that happens, like in the system we have all the time. Like people right. say we live in a capitalist system. We do not. Like it is, it is. It's an it's oligarchy. Like, oh dang. Um, so who do you think writes all the laws in these country in this country? It's the corporations. corporations. Like, you know, that's what I'm that, saying. That's the, same, the same thing is right, right, but you're not arguing happening, for, but it's hidden. Right. Like, well, you're not arguing for that. You're not arguing for the, and I think that's maybe what I'm saying is that, is that libertarianism is going to make way for that kind of thing. It's going to lead to that kind of thing. I, look, here's we, the thing. All that here's my goal. But but I I think you have that same injustice in either system. Um, what what leaning toward liberty does is it enables everybody to have an equal chance, right? So so I might be that guy in in West Virginia that that was a coal worker, you know, and I could go I could go save some money. And I could get myself some education or get myself some training in something and I could work my way up like, you know, I'm, I'm taking that money now to hopefully better myself in the future. Like it's not intrinsically like that, that company didn't do all bad thing. Like in, and in your example, they didn't necessarily, there wasn't something bad that they did. Like they're giving jobs and different companies are, are better to the, their employees than others, right? But sure, they have a longer term view of it though, which they should. Like you can kind of go, you, you go micro and go. They're giving jobs, like yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But they also, they know what they're doing. They can go macro, mm -hmm. go long term, and go. We know exactly what we're doing. We're gonna mm -hmm. we're gonna waltz into this town, and in twenty years we're gonna be gone, right? And it's gonna be depleted of its resources, mm -hmm. and we're gonna and we we will have it, you know. And I guess that's what I'm saying. I so when when you get to but, but nobody there had the means to extract that. And in the, in right. the meantime, hopefully. Well, they, neither did the co hopefully corporation. They, hopefully they enriched that that town. And that doesn't always happen either. No. Right. You know, like. See, here's and here's where you get the classic argument between capital and labor. The capitals, the capitalists can come in and bring, you know, organization and mm -hmm. big tools and things like that. But they actually still need the laborers. Like they didn't have the means by themselves either. Mm -hmm. And so the classic conundrum between capital and labor is that they're mutually dependent and that's why you have labor unions arise and say you actually do need us you know and so they arise and collectively they have to collect because the how do they match the power mm -hmm. of the small group of people that have capital yeah. they have to cut they have to act collectively and like unionize and then make collective demands and it works and then the capitalists go yeah. well i guess we still want that gold so yeah we'll give you five more bucks an hour or we'll give you whatever it is you're, you know they, they negotiate demands yeah and as long as that's voluntary that's that's great like i've the problem I have with unions is when they become public unions, but um, yeah, but private like people organizing to try to better their life. Like I don't have sure, but the point that. is, it illustrates the fact that that exists mm -hmm. illustrates that there is uh, like an imbalance toward toward capital mm -hmm. unless they do that. Like yeah, they, they, that's a corrective to the imbalance of power, right? Mm -hmm. So. I don't, that's one, I guess, solution that has, that has arisen organically over time, right? Is that, right. is that the laborer realizes, wait a minute, we, they actually need us more than they know mm -hmm. if we work together.
right? So they collective collectively, you know, bargain and things like that. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Anarchy, whatever. Oh, one of the things you said. Okay, so here's the thing. When you say these problems don't go away in other systems, I agree. Like, here's my general philosophy is that this thing's just a freaking mess. Mm -hmm. And every system is going to have issues. So when I sit with, I'm not trying to convince you of some other system like um, capitalism, like, I don't know, republicanism or, you know, whatever. I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I think I can sit here with anyone, no matter what their worldview is, and we can see ch challenges with it. What I want to do is um, provide an opportunity for nuance. People can hear a libertarian and mm -hmm. hear his thoughts. And some of it will be hopefully helpful. They'll go, oh, well, I never thought of that. And some of it will be like, well, of course, you white privilege, you know, like racist. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you'll get some of that. Um, but also to kind of push on that and, 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 yeah, just have that nuanced back and forth conversation. I'm not trying to convince you of some other system. Oh, I don't no. think there is one. Well, there is one, and it's coming. It's called the new heavens and yeah, new earth. Totally. So let me get theological here. Here's why. Why is the new heavens and new earth going to be lovely? For a lot of reasons, but particularly the tension between liberty and justice will be resolved okay. because you will be free and you will always want the right thing yeah. because you'll be holy. And that's the problem is that when we talk about liberty as a value, it's like it's kind of like saying democracy is a value. Well, democracy in heaven would be great. Hey, let's all vote if whether Jesus should be worshipped. They would all vote and say, yeah, Jesus should be worshipped. We see okay. his glory, right? But I think liberty is one of those terms that's kind of like whitewashed or I don't know, that's probably not the right term. Uh, I don't think it's nuanced and it's all its complexities. Like, oh, yay, liberty. Like, what? Like, are you insane? Like, <laughs> I'm going to just give my kids liberty. They're going to eat all the candy. Right. Um, so liberty is dangerous, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think based on your history and your experience, you're just saying if you're going to tilt the scale, you prefer to tilt the scale toward the side of liberty. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it gives... The most people the best chance to to better their lives and I think that's been borne out by history like look at the wealth that that we have that was built on a mostly a system of liberty like I have well except I've, all I've, the I have some issues with the the founding of this country because <laughs> um. there's something like that can't be ignored right like like literally I think it's hard to say to look back at the last 200 years and say right. the reason that America is rich is because of capitalism. It's like, well, there's also the extraction of resources, labor from, you know, Africa and literal land from the natives that now you go, OK, I mean, that that has to be factored in somewhere, right? Like, what yeah. do you do about that? And like, you know, reparations. I don't know what you do about it, but right. I don't think it's as simple as saying it was the Industrial Revolution. It was capitalism. It's like. Man, do the math on on the value oh, of labor coming out of Africa that was just just stolen. Well, where did and, that end up? Yeah, you look at the history of war in this country, which is often celebrated, um, just as far as like soldiers being heroic and stuff. And you know that there's some not goodness there. Like the Native Americans, that's tragic. Like. Yeah, and that's all besides, you know, slavery, which, you know, is obviously part of this country's history. Um, but yeah, there's, yeah, there, there's definitely... So I'm saying that's factored into the wealth. So Because right. I've heard that before. It's kind of like, well, uh, of course I think capitalism, you know, restrained with some, with some restraints is going to be best for all because look at the past 
few hundred years and what what it's created but i think a lot of times there's not a, a fair factory in and of these other things that weren't pure capitalism it wasn't voluntary exchange it right. was the the stealing of resources like the people that founded this con this country and i'm not like i'm not saying burn it all down and all that like i'm not radical like i'm just saying we got to be honest about that wealth didn't just come from free exchange right and so i don't know what you do about it now right i could burn it well that's what jesus is going to do actually he is going to burn it all down right it's just too much. You can't reform it. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, if you look at the people, uh, how did this go? I think it's the the top, the richest people in this country currently, nine out of 10 of them were not born into wealth. If you think about that, like people have great opportunities to innovate and to be successful in, in, the, in the system that we have albeit it's not perfect like there's a lot yeah, of issues there's the I pros have. of liberty there's there. a lot of issues i have with it. i wouldn't say we live in a system that's built on liberty but there there's more liberty in certain ways that allow for that right yeah certainly that's that's true there's there's uh opportunities now of course they're not equally distributed and all that but it certainly as compared to you know a a strictly like way left controlled economy that you know like I have friends that come from Cuba and you know you're told you will be a you know you will raise cattle that's mm -hmm. your job there's no liberty there you're told how much you're going to earn you can't make deals with your neighbor and make more cows and in fact one of my buddies his dad went to prison for years because he slaughtered one of their cows to eat family was hungry yeah so there's no liberty there's no upward mobility there except right. you know the very very unless you get in with the government Right. Right. And get corrupt and all that. So so I think I understand. I, I get it. You you're gonna tend right for different reasons, historically, philosophically, theologically. Um so <clears throat> I think it's just a mess. <laughs> and I, I know you do too. Let me shift gears here a little bit. Like just more specifically, current season, election coming up. How do you how do you feel when you when you watch the news, when you see your friends posting online and like How's your spirits about all this? So I used to get a lot more agitated about it. Yeah. Um, when you say used to, like, when was that? Especially when I started learning, like, I kind of came into the libertarian thing. Um, there, there were the big tea party rallies and stuff like that. And then I learned about Ron Paul and some different stuff. And so when I started learning all that stuff, I was like, I was like, holy crap, this is broken. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of nonsense going on here. And, um, so, you know, just feeling like I had a corner on the truth and everybody's stupid. Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of anger and pride that can come with that. Mm -hmm. It's um, like being a Calvinist. Yeah. Exactly. You were in cage stage libertarianism. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I have to let most of it roll off my back. Like I try to limit what I engage with on Facebook or social media. Um, yeah. Um, so the, I, ironically, I listen to NPR a lot in my car, and that tends yeah. to agitate me a little bit at times, <laughs> especially now. Like, they've just, I feel like, you know, it was left leaning before. Like, I feel like it's just gone off the rails. Like, yeah. Like the whole, whole media has just gone off the rails. Like, I feel with the whole, 
um, COVID thing and just how much they just despise Trump. Like, it's just, I feel like, and it probably hasn't, like it's, it's probably always been this way to, to, for the most part, but I feel like it's gotten worse recently. I don't know. It's hard to be for sure, but it does certainly seem more polarized. Um, and some of that is because there's greater, so the whole social media thing, just internet, like there's greater access to information. Like let's say if you rewind 50 years, there was different voices, different opinions, but minority voices didn't have, and I don't just mean racial minority. I just mean like minority opinions didn't have a venue to communicate these things. Mm -hmm. So you really could just kind of control the community, the media, and you kind of build this narrative that, hey, most of all, mostly we're doing pretty good. America's kind of great. But now with that all just being blown apart and everybody can, you can, you know, can write a blog, you can make a podcast, you can make a post, you can link to articles you've liked. And, and now it's like, oh, there's no way to control that central narrative anymore. It's getting harder. Even the me, the mainstream media, mm-hmm. um, you know, CNN, NPR, whatever, like, they still have quite a bit of market share, but that's going away, man. Like, I mean, you know how many video, how many views Joe Rogan gets, and mm-hmm. um, and not just him, but tons of podcasters out there. Like, so you have, I just the ability to control the narrative is just blown out of proportion. It's it's just blown away, blown. It's exploded. So that means that you can't have a centralizing voice anymore so that's going to necessarily lead to polarization like now you have you see this have you seen the the social dilemma on netflix it's fascinating and scary they would be talking about this idea of like how social media leads to polarization Mm -hmm. and maybe ultimately to civil war um and yeah it's pretty it's pretty wild i do think that i i would be of the opinion that the mainstream media certainly leans left and it's pretty um well, they, they definitely lean big government. Like, I feel like the whole, like, um, bank, I call it the banking industrial government sure. complex. Like, they're trying to be aligned with that and align that. to, And that kind of follows what mainstream media is doing. Like, that whole... But that's the Republican thing. Party, too. That's the whole... That's oh, the, totally. So maybe here's what's not... Let's be clear here. When you're critiquing the mainstream media for their left-leaning preferences you aren't saying oh then therefore my boy trump can't get the attention he wants like um, yeah you i mean you basically said you were a libertarian you know you right. got libertarian candidate out there joe jorgensen yeah they've never been able to get any attention. right <laughs> but you're not just to be clear you're not those are both big government entities the or big corporate entities the totally. republican and democratic party yeah. well like, not just it goes beyond corporate like government uh, so, so my whole philosophy of big government politics is the banks run everything. Like, so one of the first things in this country that was instituted shortly after the constitution, which is why I have issues with the constitution is a central bank. And, um, so all of the, and what that helps to do is prop up all these corporate interests and funnel them into like like we we're talking about all that legislation that gets written to benefit them and so it just it just keeps amassing power for itself like 
Right. Um, so, a couple things. This is part of why you felt woke when Ron Paul came out and like yeah. was talking about all this stuff. Like, wait a minute, no one's talking about this. Like right. this idea of like the central bank and this relationship to you know governmental power and all that. Like, nobody's talking about that on the right. campaign trail. No, nope. it's now Except libertarians, libertarians will come out. and they won't, them, <laughs> they won't let them get on the debate stage. It's a big deal. There's a guy I listen to named Brett Weinstein. He's a Dark Horse podcast. He's actually center left, which actually, you know, a few years ago he would have been considered radical, you know, but he's certainly not a Marxist. Um, but his what he says and believes um, is that you know there's this, all this distraction stuff going on, like. The, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are basically influence peddlers, and and the whole thing is just corrupt. And they're just this is just the transfer of wealth from, uh, well, from from workers from future generations. I mean, you're talking about mm -hmm. tax. I mean, uh, deficit spending. I mean, it's just like borrowing from the future. That's a that's a transfer of wealth. That's an yeah, injustice. Totally. So they're doing that, and. Everyone's getting rich and making money, and nobody's talking about those issues. But there's all these other issues that get America riled up: social, their social unrest, their distractions. Meanwhile, they're like laughing, smiling, and nodding all the way to the bank. Which is, I do believe that to me, that's the biggest thing. They're just liars. Like when Nancy Pelosi or Donald Trump gets up and panders to one of their to their uh, base and says something that somehow is magically in line with what every other Democrat is saying for some reason. They're just lying to you. Yeah. Like they're literally just stealing. Yeah. So you're not saying you're mad at the media because you want them to give Trump more attention. You're saying we need to actually talk about the big issues yeah. of liberty and the way that the the powers are structured and banking yeah, and, systems. And, and I'm not a Trump supporter by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like he has done a little bit to disrupt that like whole thing. So, How so? Um, just... Uh, yeah, I guess I can't articulate that right now, but that's um, all right. Do your research and come back. I kind of dropped that on you, but I have asked, I have, I've asked quite a few people that they're like, I think I like Trump. I don't like his person, but I like his policy. And I'm like, like what policy? Yeah. And sometimes people have an answer and sometimes yeah. they don't. And but I, don't. I, I feel like he doesn't necessarily pander to the whole system. I, I, I just feel like he has that attitude more than anything, but yeah, I mean, he's he's in there with everybody else. Like he's he's done a little bit to uh, de-escalate some of the stuff in the Middle East and things sure. like that, like yeah, bringing true. troops home. Like, um, yeah, I guess the way it comes out a lot of times is you know like his his trade policy that I don't agree with. I think he's trying to go in a certain direction, but it's not the way I would go. Um, yeah. Yeah, he also does a lot of things that I very much do not agree with. Yeah, so like, when you say like, you're not a Trump supporter by any stretch of the imagination, like why? Um, well, first of all, as a, as a person, I just feel like he's not. Yeah, he just attacks people. It's not admirable. It's not something you yeah. say. Hey, this is what I want my son to be like. Um, the one thing that really bothers me about Trump is just. He feels very xenophobic, like um, just his immigrant policy, his trade policy, like all of that stuff, like um, specifically the immigrant policy, which 
Has he tightened it? it? I mean, isn't the same did, immigrant it didn't, policy? It didn't start with him. It um, it started with Obama. Like Obama escalated the immigrant policy and not letting people in. Um, one thing that has happened under Trump is it's a lot harder to cross the border into this country. Um, so you used to be able to come in, claim asylum, and you'd have a trial eventually. Um, now the policy is that you have to seek asylum in every country that you travel through and be able to prove that when you get here. And then, yeah, and then there's the whole, you know, separating parents from their children and that kind of stuff, which I think some of that probably happened under Obama too, but. Yeah, um, those cages weren't built uh, recently. Right. It's hard. So I'm an immigrant and I, it's hard like I hear, okay, you shouldn't separate families from their children. Like, so what do you do? I guess just well, to, for me, like I don't like borders should not be your open border. Pretty much, now you I are mean, an anarchist. Um, again, going back to the very tiny government system, like you would have small areas and you would control the borders of that area. Um. In the system that we have, I think the states should have a lot more power to control their borders. Like, I think each state should be way more powerful than it Let is. Let me ask you this. Doesn't this, because I've heard, of, you know, that talk of like, you know, there's this whole idea of like the federal government versus states' rights. And, mm -hmm. you know, and like more conservative people tend to, you know, like say, well, the state should determine abortion. Mm -hmm. The state should. And in one sense, it seems kind of like a red herring. Like, well, you, aren't you just shifting the problem to a different power structure like you're still gonna have the same issues you're gonna have border issues you're gonna have injustice you're gonna have where we're at now yes um because i think the states are way too big <laughs> <laughs> all right here we go so oh gosh it's just <laughs> so when this country was founded like there weren't that many people here <laughs> like this is part of the issue is like, like we can talk ideally about how these things would play out in little right. communities of a couple hundred people that yeah. think alike that are that's 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 historically how it's been, you know. Like, yeah. well, but then when that's, these that's how Europe be, went from the Dark Ages to becoming very wealthy is like the whole idea of like city states and that kind of thing, and like people controlling small areas. And if you didn't like being there, you could move pretty easily to somewhere that you, that was less oppressive or that you had more opportunity. If you don't like it, get out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, to some extent, the, this is just one of the complexities is just the scale. Yeah. It's very hard. So that tension between liberty and justice, that's how we parent. Mm -hmm. You know, like, okay, I'm going to give my kids some freedom. Like, but not 100% freedom. Why? Because they they make poor decisions. And so I need to bring in the well, and they, order. And they hurt their siblings. Like yeah. They... yeah. So I need to bring in order, you know, and then still justice. And, and then I overplay that. And it's it's a very difficult tension to to, mm. to live out. No parent does it perfectly. Now scale that up to 350 million people or 6 billion, 7 billion people. And it's like, phew, good luck, man. Like it's, it's a mess. Right. How do you, um, how do, do you, how do you feel about the fact that like in your own church, you know, people have different views and, you know, share different things pretty strongly. And mm -hmm. so do, does that agitate you? You feel yeah, how do you feel about that? How do you manage that as a... Um, so give some advice so, Sometimes to the, it does initially, but I mean, 
that's the beauty of who God's made us as people, right? Like he's made us all different. He's made us all to think differently. Like, and we can, we can do different things. Like, um, yeah, not, not everybody could do my job. Not everybody could do your job. Like, um, so there's, I mean, I, I really try to have, try to have grace for people. Um, I'd let, I don't do this often, but I would be interesting to have more conversations with people and just ask those questions. Like, how did you, how did you get here? Like, why do you think this? When you say you don't do that often, like, why is that? Because I'm not around people that think that different, differently from me a lot of times. I mean, mm. you know, yeah, I don't. Yeah, when I'm talking to people, it doesn't necessarily go in the direction of politics either. But um, I'm a troublemaker, so I like to bring stuff up. Yeah. Like, I'm not really a troublemaker. I see opportunity for understanding. Yeah. Like I said, really, like, um, yeah, I, I would like to think, God willing, that, well, I certainly can. I feel like I can sit, I've done it. I've sat, I can sit here with a libertarian, with a Democrat, with a socialist, with a freaking communist, and like, have a conversation and you know in nuance and gain some understanding and i would like to think people can do that i'm not the only one that can do that that other people can do it um as well and so that's part of what i want to do here is model that i certainly have encouraged people when they are on facebook and they see somebody post something and they're just like what why would you say that it's like well ask them like yeah. you don't have to but i would say if you're going to talk about them and not to them that's certainly sinful Right. So if you're going to grumble to your wife or your friends about so-and-so's posts and the things they're saying and whether it's on the right or the left, because trust me, I see posts sometimes I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> on, on, uh, from everywhere, right? Because that's, and I make those posts. Um, but I would say that's just a biblical principle. Like talk to people instead of about them. Like if you're really riled up and agitated, then number one, get your, right, get your heart right with the Lord, like grace, like you said. And then just move toward people. Say, "Hey, I'd love to learn more about how you arrived there and why." And right. you know, grab coffee and chop it up. Yeah. The the other thing for me is that less and less. Like, I, I don't think politics matter that much. I think things are just going to kind of keep going in the direction that they are, because that's if you look at history, that's that's how things go. Like, empires rise, empires collapse. Like, that's just what happens. So There's greater forces at work. I don't, I don't have a lot of influence into that, and I don't care to. So. Um, there's other things that I'm way more excited about where I can have influence. Sure. Um, so my wife asked me that, you know, I don't vote because I'm not a citizen. She asked me the other day, like, would I vote? Who would I vote for? And I'm literally like at a standstill. I just, I just don't think I would like, I am interested in talking about this stuff because it, it, it's part of our life and I see it influencing our people and I, and it is related to our society. And so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested in that sense, but again, if you want liberty to run, if you want people to be free and democracy to work, then you need people who are wise and loving, mm -hmm. and those are fruit of the spirit. Right. So we got to preach the gospel. At the end of the day, we can talk all this stuff, policy, and and I think there's a place for policy. You know, we got to restrain evil. You know, and but better is to have people that freely voluntarily love God and love people because they you know have been struck by Christ's work for them and 
yeah. want to follow him and there's still going to be challenges but that's the essence of the work right, right. yeah and, and and to love like train our children love people around us like if we want yeah i mean most of us don't have that much influence outside of that so to to really make a difference yeah well that's certainly a huge impact point right right like, uh, like yeah i mean for me like i just look at the the brokenness of of other men around me and just like you know like we can't even manage ourselves like let alone like a society yeah who are we yeah it kind of gets back to what i was saying i was like i can't even like balance my parenting you know but you took yeah. it further it was even self-management like yeah man like you like sad angry detached marriage you know it's like that's kind of what jordan peterson says about like clean your room you know like yeah <laughs> so yeah that's good i think it, it at least contributes a good posture of humility it's like hey you can have your thoughts and opinions but like man it's really i was talking with my wife about this the other day um we gotta be humble like okay if you had a button right now that would make abortion illegal would you push it what are you asking me that i'm asking you actually uh, I probably would. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's a fair answer and probably you know, a good Christian answer. Like, well, yeah, God tells us to seek what's good. Now, but here's, let me take it up a notch. God has that button and he hasn't pushed it. Yeah, it's true. Now, does that, what does that mean? I don't, it just means think about that. That's my wife's but, like, what's the point of this thought exercise? Like, I don't know. It just means humility and in, in thinking, you know, how history should go. Mm-hmm. So she was saying, I but still that, think that doesn't necessarily not mean it's not a good thing no. either because there's all sorts of other injustice in the world too and you know he said he will deal with that right but he's let it go to some degree or another right um for the time being right so again this is the thought exercise that i think gives us human not presumption of like man because that's what happens we get we get proud and we see the other side as foolish or the other sides or whatever and like if I if I had control, I'm trying to exert control and influence because I know it's best, and it's like, all right, like maybe maybe you'd vote in Barabbas, maybe <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe you'd yell crucify him. I don't know. There's a possibility. So good. All right, Lars. Anything else that we didn't touch on? There's a lot, but yeah, it would, maybe it another would take time. A long time to get into it all. <clears throat> we can do it another time. Um, have I offended you? No. Then let's keep going. All right. I haven't offended you yet. No. <laughs> no, it's good, man. I enjoy this and appreciate the conversation. Um, yeah, we'll have some more. So again, big takeaways, humility in the face of these really, really complex things. And uh, talk about talk to people instead of about them. And uh, hug it out. Right? From six feet away. Yes. Six foot hug. So, all right, folks, thanks for tuning in uh, and uh, look forward to seeing you all soon. Bye.